The following is a paid program and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the staff or management of visionary-related entertainment. Porter. And Jason Burgard. Welcome to the Solar Coaster. Solar Coaster episode 75. Can you believe we've been doing this for 75 shows? Apparently you just start, That's... you know, a radio show, not a podcast. And, and they won't let you stop. <laughs> and before you know it, you're on 75. There you go. Um, yeah, no, that is kind of the cool thing. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's amazing to think that we're here. About a year and a half in, I was looking down the show schedule. We're actually booked out over 100 right now, Jay. Nice. It's pretty exciting after nice. SPI. So uh, this is the Solar Edge show. Uh, we yep. talked about Solar Edge in the past. Have we had a specific Solar Edge show? I cannot recall right at this moment. But this is with the founder, Mr. Lior Handelsman, who's a pretty remarkable gentleman. Right, absolutely. Um, as is going to be the second in our series of interviews conducted at SPI, which was uh, last uh, two weeks ago now. What's up, Brandon? Then? The SPI, <laughs> the SPI <Yeah>. miniseries, <laughs> as it were. Um, again, with, with Lior Handelsman, uh, one of the founders of, or the founder of Solar Edge. Uh, fantastic company does inverters and now storage uh really an amazing track record and 49 percent market share is that what he said i mean if, if you're is out there 47 or 49? 47 yeah, i may have been 47 pretty, but it was but, but, but a significant market share now yeah and, and, and you know it, it solar edge is really broadening its offering they're they're covering a lot of ground right now yep. uh but definitely a standout at the show was super excited to sit down with leor as you mentioned right mm-hmm, yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit starstruck in a sense maybe right um, he's, because, he's one of the old guard. He's been around for a long time. He's been making good product, and you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I was excited to, to sit down and get the kind of full story. You get to talk about the company, about his experience, bringing the you know uh, Solar Edge to market, and then also all this new stuff that's happening. You know, one of the things I get from Solar Edge is that it's it's real nuts and bolts kind of uh, technology. Very, uh, very, very uh, practical. We have. Uh, some amazing things that we're going to cover here. No so, nonsense. Robust. Yeah. Robust <laughs> those are the strong, things. Those are the things that come through. to. That's yeah. the way we kind of think about Solar Edge. Right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get going. All right, hey folks. This is the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 1:05 p.m. on Kauai 11:10 a.m. We got some FM stations: 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Up Country. Got an awesome website. Awesome website has all our old shows. Have seventy four of them, seventy five as of today. Solar coastercom Just found out that if you type in Solar Coaster, we have number one Google placement too for Solar Coaster, mm-hmm. which is cool. But Solar coastercom You can go there, listen live if you're outside of our broadcast area, which I tend to do. We have the mailing list. Go down, mm-hmm. scroll down. You have to scroll down the bottom of the page to find it, but there's a field there. Sign in with your with your email address. You can get our mailing list. We'll let you know when there's new shows or if we're in town. And you can also ask questions. So if you have a question and you can't call in for whatever reason, send it to us that way and we'll definitely get it on the air for you. Podcast as well. <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn all carry the Solar Coaster. So you can go there, sign in, and just search Solar Coaster. Our little SE logo pops right up and you can take us everywhere you go. There we go. I want to send a shout out as always to our wonderful sponsors, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin, Sonin, not Sonin Battery. Sonin. Right, you can't say Sonin Battery Change anymore. The name, right? they, did, they did go through a name change. Pika Energy and Sundrum Solar. Thank you so much for supporting the coaster all the way through 75 episodes. Keeping us on the tracks. All, all right, right, so ready to do the news and events, Jack? News and events. First thing, right out of the gate, New York Times. This is a kind of controversial 
article if you go in and read it. Um, they published the UN, um, what was IPCC it, the climate? Climate Report. Climate Report, yeah, from, 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 yeah, from the United Nations um, Science Council. It is a large, large report. I'm scrolling through it right you know, now. It's pages I mean, and pages of This thing of, hit the internet like, data. Uh, <laughs> like, a, like a bomb, frankly. Right, People, absolutely. it's social. Everyone was just reposting this thing. So I took a look at it. It was on the 7th. Right now it's the, you know, uh, we're airing this as of the, uh, what is it, the 12th. Yep. But, uh, it's the 10th presently. And so just the other day, this yep. came out. And it's all over social. People. If you, if you haven't seen it yet, it's kind it's, of kind of a surprise. Yeah, sure. it, it's kind of, it kind of looks like a doomsday article. I mean, they're it really, not throwing really any punches here. No, no. And just to get out, you know, the, the gist of it right out of the gate, there, this article says that to prevent 2.7 degrees of warming, the report says that greenhouse pollution must be reduced by 45% from 2010 levels by 2030. That's a lot of numbers, it's right? It's better than that. It goes in, goes on to say that with those 2.7 degrees of warming, it's going to cost us $54 trillion. That's with a T. Right. Trillion dollars in damages. And, which, and what's interesting about that is to monetize these damages. It's like at that stage of the game, do we even have... A monetary system. I mean, we've just basically destroyed the earth. Right. So, yeah. That's that's yeah, essentially well, where they're going with it. Trillion dollars, but we don't even have anything anymore. Yeah. And if it goes to three point six series, it's going to be sixty nine trillion dollars. So I mean, like yeah. And what 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 is it? There's a this is kind of a double edged sword here because it's saying that hey, we need a moonshot. There's all these different parallels or different language that they're using, right? Like Kennedy's uh, moonshot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then they're also using a Marshall Plan for solar, right? Yeah. Or for renewable energies or for the for climate action. Uh, you know what I see here is. There's, there's a tremendous opportunity for everyone to be able to contribute to the solution. Now, we don't really have a choice. There's no choice here. Right. If, you, if you believe this, which I do personally, yep. uh, then it's just about what is the solution. Right. And uh, it certainly seems that, that the science backs this. I mean, that's what the whole article is about. And, and we got here together. I mean, we all did our, our part for, for emitting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. And, and I guess that the end game for me would be that we all have to do our part to, to kind of fix this. We, we definitely got to join hands, and this is more than a kumbaya thing. I mean, we're at a place right now where we're, we're, we're in the crosshairs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, see this, this, uh, there's a lot of great data in here, and I definitely encourage everyone to read it. We're not going to be able to cover everything in our news and events section, but it also says some important pieces here. It, it found that by 2050, use of coal as an electricity source would have to drop from nearly 40% today to between 1% and 7%. It's a must. Yeah, according just to this turn report, it, turn it off. And this is where it gets really. I I found some a little bit of hope here, right? Because renewable energy, such as wind and solar, which make up about twenty percent of the electricity mix today, I thought that was high, mm. would have to increase to as much as sixty-seven percent. So yep. there's massive ramp necessity for what we're engaged in here, which is wind, solar, and renewable energies. Yep. Please check out this article, folks. New York Times Climate IPCC Climate Report 2040. Some pretty heady stuff. On the other side of the fence here, there's a solution that's exciting, a technology uh, from uh, the National Geographic covered this story a little bit earlier in the year. Yeah, this came across my desk actually pretty recently. Um, it is a gasoline made of carbon sucked out of the air. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> how, is, yes, how, cool, please. how cool is that? So Harvard-affiliated Canadian company is making a liquid fuel that is essentially carbon neutral. Now, they call it carbon neutral because they're pulling the carbon out of the air, merging it with hydrogen that they've pulled out of water from electron electrolysis. And you've heard me, you heard me talk about, well, you can burn the hydrogen itself, but if you add the carbon, essentially making a powerful fuel that is kind of similar to gasoline that's in a liquid state. It doesn't need to be pressurized like the hydrogen does to be liquid. And it can be used as gasoline, even diesel or jet fuel. 
right. which is which is crazy. Very exciting. Right. And the pricing, the costing here, about a hundred dollars for each ton of CO two removed from the atmosphere, is competitive, right? Mm -hmm. So it's actually kind of the first time for that to happen. Uh, well, these guys are up in Squamish, British Columbia. I know Squamish only because we uh, go up to Whistler yep. in that area and past Squamish. Right? Sure. Well, you're going to so stop so on the way by. You want to find this building I'm now. I'm stopping next time we go out there. <laughs> yep. um, I'm really excited about uh, Squamish doing this. Um, you know, it's, it looks like they've got a couple of pieces to this puzzle. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Jay, but it's like you're capturing the carbon from the air yep. through this, this equipment, this system, which is scalable, which can be scaled. And they need to scale it to thousands and thousands of systems, equivalent to, uh, what was it, the... Uh, they, they had an equivalency of other types of... Uh, I, I would systems. expect these to be manufactured, stamped out, and put all over the earth. In order to be relevant. Yeah, right? one, one. Um, but you can remove the carbon, you can uh, add, uh, you can you can electrolyze water and, and mm -hmm. add hydrogen to it, create this fuel, sell this fuel. So you, but you, but you, they need to be able to create a, uh, a negative uh, a carbon uh, number, right? They want right. to, so they want to recapture it, not only create the fuel to be used, but yep. they want to also sequester and store carbon. Right. You do those two things simultaneously. And then when they add in the value of the, the, the I think it's like a tax or it's, it's like it's, a, it's a carbon, carbon. Yeah, the carbon incentive. It's in states like California, there's actually a significant negative for um, exporting CO2 so when you add from those, operations. When you so add you charge things, that tax yeah. once once they come by and the EPA guys evaluate you, right? Um, but there's, there's also the opposite of that, whereas if you are a positive environmental carbon sequestration unit you get a credit so it's, it's kind of like the tax credits we there deal with every day so you add those three components together the sequestering the fuel sales and the credit i yep. suppose yep. and then it becomes uh, a competitive and extremely valuable at, at least uh, at least competitive but i mean if it, because the prices are close enough i mean if it's like six times no one cares but if it's a, a quarter more we're already paying three dollars and fifty cents here well, you know if it's a quarter more at the pump yeah do you pull the you pull the fossil the one with dinosaur bones in this it or you pull the National Geographic article from June about two or three days ago or within the week uh, Vice that really kind of cool young energy kind of uh, uh, media outlet did a story on this yep and they and they interviewed the fella in Squamish right he's mm -hmm. wearing a hard hat and a vest as you would think sitting out there in you know British Columbia yep. and he says will be the same price as fuel at the pump. Probably, and and, and that, this is and right now this is the only one. Right. As they again, as economies of scale, as they ramp, you would expect it to be able to be cheaper. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, the interesting thing about this plant, though, is that they are using hydro as their source for electricity uh, to fracture the water. Well, there you go. It could it could be solar. It could be whatever. As long as you're not using other electricity, <laughs> like right. they're burning coal right. to enough. fracture the water to capture carbon, you know, would the, not be the, a thing. The one thing that that, that occurred to me as I was reading this, I was thinking about like you know the, the the diesel Humvees that are at the pump and they have like biodiesel on the back or, yeah. or run yeah. on vegetable oil or whatever. Yep. Now what's the bumper sticker going to say? Run on sequestered carbon. <laughs> just oil. It's awesome. It's, I mean, it's you just, really have some it's, fun it's with the it. same. My my car runs on air. <laughs> Sequester <laughs> carbon, electrolyzed water. There you <laughs> go. Like yeah, I don't. Water. That's a long bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's jump over to what's going Next. on. Do we want to go over to see? Uh, this is also another solution, right, to try to speed up the deployment of solar. Uh, of, of course. Uh, yeah. So this is a uh, utility dive does a good job of explaining what SIA, uh, the Solar Energy Industries Association, rolled out at SPI 2018, which is a streamlined permitting uh, interconnection app or process. Yeah, they, they announced. App, what do they mean? Um, automated permitting process. Okay. 
<laughs> is what it actually means. Everybody says app these oh, it's days. It's an acronym. It's an acronym. Oh, okay. um, when they when they say app, everybody immediately assumes it's something on your smartphone. So, well, gee, I work at a utility and I have all these forms on I my desk. I have to. I was thinking there's there's, a, there's an app. The there's app. an app for yeah. that. It's not an app. It's not, <laughs> it's not an app. app. It is the Solar Automated Permitting Process. Right. So this solar is a app. nationwide standardization of the uh, application process for an individual or installer to get solar uh, to get put in solar. To the utility, right? yeah, for a residential yeah, install or, or, or commercial. Is it, is it, the commercial should be in here as I well. I didn't see I would a threshold. Yeah, I didn't see that question about sizing, but I mean the bottom line is that, and, and we know for sure uh, here in Hawaii that that is a costly, time-consuming, administrative, heavy endeavor um, that is structured by the utility, generally speaking. So the C is coming out as this DC organization saying, "Hey, it doesn't have to be like that. Yep. We're going to have a process, not a mobile app." A process <laughs> that's going to save upwards of maybe a dollar a watt on cost. That yeah, but huge. that a dollar a watt kind of turns out to be seven thousand dollars off your days. average install. Yes, so please. it's absolutely, absolutely, massively significant. Oh the issue is your utility needs to adopt said process. <laughs> so we'll have to see how far that goes. But I'd like to I'm see a few. Oh, you know, <laughs> come on. No, seriously. I mean, it's like um, it, I, the way I look at this, and, and I could be completely off because I haven't, you know, outside of speaking with Abby about this, I haven't had a chance to really digest and read the actual process. But I mean, the, the notion of a utility saying, yeah, sure, sign us up and we'll use your process rather than our own. I know from having experience as an installer that their processes are designed for a variety of reasons. One of them, <laughs> sorry guys, but it's to slow it down. Yeah. And I've seen that for years. We've seen that. It's, it's for sure that's the case. It's been that way for years. Uh, and, you know, so the, 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 the idea that, that, that the utilities are going to want to expedite the application of the processing of solar for residentials, for home residents. Well, hopefully they've read the climate report from news article one here that, you know what, we need to bite the bullet and do it anyway. I, I hope so too. I hope so too. <laughs> Shall we jump over what's going on in um, uh, Maui? Welcome home. Maui's second largest, large second large scale solar project brought online. Um, this is the Kuia Solar Project in West Maui. It is huge. It's it's ten point eight five acres for a total of two point eight seven megawatt. How much is that? Um, two point eight seven megawatts. Well, um, how do we want to break that down in terms of houses? I don't know off the top of my head, but I mean, it gives you a, to give you a sense. You know, that's um, they are, geez, panel counts. I don't know if I can do that right now. Many, many. No, so it's, it's it's nearly nearly twelve thousand rooftop solar systems. <laughs> oh, is that what it says in the article? Yeah, so I, I don't, I, I don't think that's that's accurate. I don't think that's correct. Well, it's because that that's a lot. The nice scale systems in Maui, right? right? And they're each two point seven megs, and it's very, very big. Let's well, into two point eight seven or two point seven. I've seen varying numbers, and I think it's because of the absolute right the here. absolute total amount of DC generating capacity versus what they're actually exporting. I think is the, the differential there, oh, right? Is that what they're showing? Different so you numbers? Could, Maybe. yes, yeah, that's Maybe. that's what I've seen. But the cool thing is, is that it, they are selling it to Maui's Electrical Grid at eleven point zero six cents, which is way cheaper than our current retail rate. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to take an extension cord and plug it into this big solar farm and get 11 cents kilowatt hour uh, energy, but it does go into our energy mix. And hopefully, although it hasn't penciled out as of yet over the last decade, if we want to be frank, uh, we haven't seen our energy rates reduce. We're currently at probably around 36. 36 you, is the number uh, that I do the got math, on my last right? bill. <laughs> um, if you do the math, not the actual published rates, um, yep. 36 cents per kilowatt hour, we'll prove that out maybe on air, right, with a bill. Yep. Yep. Um, but uh, which is fr frustrating because we've kind of peaked out about 38 cents, I think, a while back, right? Like about yeah. seven, eight years ago. Yep. Uh, so you would think with all this new solar, 
is what DJ Alamayu had said of Siege Samuel Engineering, that we would have reduced rates, but we're not seeing that. But here we have 11 cents coming in and a big, big, big power producer, an energy producer at 11 cents. Maybe that'll actually kind of buoy down our, our, our costs. Could it do yeah. that? Could that reduce would, our fuel surge? Would, would certainly be nice. Uh, I don't know about the... Yeah, I'm not sure about I'm not sure about that one. I think I think the fuel surge charge conversation is really interesting because as our fuel consumption goes down on the electrical side, our gas prices are going to go up. As the fuel consumption goes down, the gasoline at the pump on Maui is subsidized by the ah. large tankers coming in with heavy fuel for our electrical generation ah, so systems. Accelerate purchasing the EVs. EVs. So Who you're going to go into more... the EV, uh, used EV business with me. <laughs> there you <laughs> you go. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then finally, we got an email this morning from uh, Marco Mengelsdorf, who yeah, is over on, over on Big Island. Shout outs to Marco. Um, we really do appreciate all the information he's been feeding us. He, he, he tracks uh, basically what, what's going on in solar across the islands yeah, every it takes, month. It takes the pulse of the health of the industry by permits pulled. Yep, exactly that. So this week? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, basically <laughs> this last period. So he says uh, last month, the uh, DPP issued permits for 175 solar electric systems compared to 252 issued in September of 17, a decrease of 30%. And he mentioned over the course of the, that's just one little snapshot, of course, mm -hmm. but over the course of the first three quarters of this year, 2018, 1,963 PV permits were issued compared to the exact same number in 2017. Is that some voodoo or what? <laughs> that said, 63 were obtained by Vivin Solar for remediation, removals, and reinstallations. <clears throat> no surprise. Um, so total total stated value of Be these nice. projects was almost 170 million compared to 75 million the year before, with the three permits for utility scale PV systems pulled by Moss and Associates accounting for about 86 million. That says to me that utility scale is taking a major it's really up. yeah big big up big uptick. There's a lot of people. I mean, we we had that big problem where um, everybody was pausing those utility scale projects because the, of the tariff uncertainty that we had last year. And so now you're seeing those guys, now that the numbers are, are fixed, we know what we're dealing with, they're going to start right. going, going, ahead, going ahead with the projects. Good point, good point. And yeah, I mean, that's we're, that doubles the overall um, value of the permits pulled at this time of the year. I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty remarkable, right? Literally more than the entire industry uh, was last year. Excellent. Right? So what about this thing with the batteries? So on the energy storage front, he says 60% of PV permits included. Batteries. Oh, well, that's same. his same thing. Yeah, yeah. no, we, we had talked about this last time we got an, a, a note from him saying that it was up from like 19% to 60%. Everybody's getting right. batteries. I mean, it just makes sense to get a battery with your solar system these days. It's it's almost impossible to make it pay for itself if you don't consume your own energy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, batteries are very, very compelling. And the batteries, the battery is really the only way yeah. to do it. Two other points here before we move on. Uh, Kauai, outside of HEI's territories, 232 PV permits were issued over the first nine months of 18 compared to 534 same time last year, a reduction of 56%. So things are not moving quickly over there in Kauai. And he, our namesake here is quite nice. There's a sentence at the end of this. Across the islands, the PV solar coaster has chugged along <laughs> at differing speeds so far this year with a 25% increase in permits on Hawaii Island, no change in Oahu, and down 18% from Maui County, our mm. home, which is uh, surprising, and I'm kind of trying to understand why. We're still there, actually. Well, you're, doing, you're, you're doing the job, so, <laughs> yeah, so it, it is happening. A couple of other small things that did uh, we, we do want to just bring up is that uh, HSEA, the Hawaii Solar Energy Association, appointed a new interim chair from Hawaii Solar White Energy, actually. What was her name, Jay? Uh, it is Caroline Carr. 
So that's interesting to me because uh, SIA is starting to put a lot of focus on its state initiatives or its state member, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, uh, which is uh, the, um, uh, the fellow that's from SIPA, uh, Mike Kruger, is actually going to head up uh, a Colorado. Uh, a he's going. He's going to. Yeah, he's going to Colorado to be a SIA president yeah. there. And you can imagine how state, uh, the, the work that SIA does in the D.C. side can be very, very relevant for each state. Well, it makes absolute sense. I mean, there's still so many um, state initiatives. We see California as an example, Hawaii obviously is another, where the state initiatives are far, far outpacing the national level. <laughs> yeah, they're really remarkable. And one last thing before we move on, I hope it's okay to get this in, Jay. Sanjevity, uh, uh, they just picked up Hawaii, uh, two Hawaiian uh, uh, companies. Um, Hawaii Energy Connection and E-Gear. So we're seeing this continues the process or it continues the trend of seeing uh, local acquisitions from big companies in the, across the mainland. Peterson Dean acquiring Haleakala, for example, some other ones out there as well. And now Hawaii Energy Connection E-Gear have been acquired by Sungevity. Uh, right. A lot of reasons why. Great article. You can check that out at PV Magazine uh, and read all about why. I think I mean, it, does, it does show a sign of maturity for the industry. I mean, this is basically what happens. This, it starts out, there's a lot of little mom and pop shops. They try, try to take advantage of, of the opportunity. They do well. And then large, well, whoever the big fish swallow the small fish as yep. you go. And you end up with, with a couple major players in the space. But that's pretty much what we're looking at. Something like that. Okay, there you go. There's, there's news and events. So let's uh, go to our commercials and we'll come right back with Mr. Lior Handelsman of Solar Edge, the founder of that organization. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tabuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tabuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. This system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tabuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. 
Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system combined photovoltaic and thermal holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. This is the last day of the 2018 Solar Power International Conference. We're here uh, with Mr. Leo Handelsman from Solar Edge, the founder of yeah. Solar Edge, yes. right? Which is really kind of exciting for me to meet you. And we've met before, but to have yes. a chance to sit down is a, is, is really, a, for me, a nice thing because I've you followed much. your product track over the course of the last five or six years in Hawaii. We were just talking about the early days of when Solar Edge came out. And since then, it's achieved, uh, I think you just told me, 47% market share. According to the latest GTM report, yes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What a, uh, what a ramp. So, and it's also really timely here in, in SBI 2018 because your company's offering so much. You're broadening your offering. So, yes, indeed. Uh, we were reading through the press releases, really excited, uh, genuinely from an installer and a media perspective to get our head around what is going on with Solar Edge these Thank days. You. So, welcome to the Solar Coaster. Thank you very much. And, uh, Thank you for yeah. having me. So, so, why don't you give us a little recap of where things are at with Solar Edge these days? Okay. So, yes, indeed, there are quite a few either brand new or almost brand new products that we're showing. For the residential space, there are a few advancements. I think the first and the most exciting is our uh, launch or it's not launched because the product will be available only in about a quarter, but we are, we are unveiling what we call our second generation storage uh, platform. So storage has uh, become uh, or is increasingly popular in the U.S., in Hawaii for sure, because of a maximization of self-consumption, but, but also in, in time of use markets like California, the need for backup. Everybody sees what happens when, when uh, weather elements are uh, hitting us, uh, demand charge markets like Arizona. So we've launched storage almost almost two years ago in collaboration with the LG battery and a, platform, a hybrid inverter that can do solar and backup and also control loads around the home and optimize, really optimize maximization of self-consumption and also deliver backup. And in over these last two years, we've learned a lot, okay, everybody. Yeah. I think the product is still one of the best products uh, out there, objectively speaking, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> very objectively. <laughs> but the next generation platform has a few cool improvements. First of all, it comes with a new product, which we call the backup interface. Mm-hmm. The backup interface basically is a, it's one box that you place electrically, serially between the grid entrance to the home and the uh, load panel mm-hmm. and that box has everything you need for backup so the consumption metering auto transformer automatic transfer switch it's all in one box rather than installing several right. uh, nice. units and with that since we have the, uh, the automatic transfer switch at the service entrance when backup when, when the system goes backup you have available backup power all over your home so whole house backup. Whole house backup, exactly. Right. And of course, it doesn't mean that you can run everything mm-hmm. uh, in your home because you're limited by battery power and PV power, right. but you have the option of having backup in all of your outlets and all of your uh, appliances. You just need to select what you turn on and what you turn off right. uh, for the system to actually work. And if you turn on too many loads, then the inverter would uh, shut down. You would mm-hmm. turn off the loads and the inverter would wake up so again. correct. Exactly. And that's... A big leap in ease of installation, more value for the homeowner because it's whole home backup. Mm-hmm. 
clean install, clean one box. <laughs> clean install, <laughs> one, one box. box, no need to have a secondary load board for uh, for the selected loads. That's huge. Yes, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big... That's a major uh, labor savings. Every exactly. time you have to start yeah. talking about like, critical loads panels and stuff, it's just... Exactly. A lot of uncertainty, too. Yeah, a lot exactly. of uncertainty in how much it's going to take to open do that. walls, right. and, and we don't know where conduit goes. So <laughs> exactly. What, what kind of power capability... Um, are there maximums there, or what is it? You know, what are we able to do there? Uh, if you install, let's say that you install a 7.6 kilowatt inverter, so you can get from the inverter up to 7.6 kilowatt of power. Mm -hmm. The current uh, battery that we use is limited to five kilowatt uh, peak. Mm -hmm. So if you have PV and battery power, you can go all you can go all the way up to 7.6 with a 7.6 inverter. And if you only have, let's say it's uh, nighttime, so you're limited to battery power, which is five kilowatt mm -hmm. peak. And this system also comes with a few improvements to the software and the algorithms. It will have better algorithms for demand charge markets. And it also will have the ability to provide backup just from PV. So let's say that you don't have a battery or, or the battery is uh, depleted. So you, you will be able to get a backup power from PV. It's not a very reliable backup uh, source because, you know, some clouds are coming in and out. And now you have one kilowatt and now you have two kilowatt and then you have one kilowatt back again. But it is a viable option if the battery is depleted. So you have a little bit of power. Remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so or in cases where the homeowner does not want to pay up for a battery up front, you can install the system. He will still have some form of backup with the PV and then add the battery later. That is also possible. That's what I was going to say. It's going to be battery ready when they yeah, decide yeah, yeah. to do something. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and we are working a lot on streamlining the offering. Currently, we have an HD wave uh, inverter for non-storage systems and a dedicated inverter, hybrid inverter for storage. Further along down 2019, these will merge into one product. So you will always have, you will always be backup ready, even if... Standard. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, that's a little bit further down the road, but still in the first half of 2019. We're further concatenating those devices and exactly. making it even exactly. more streamlined. That's, exactly. that's a nice roadmap. The, the second thing that we're showing, which also relates very nicely to maximize self-consumption markets, uh, uh, two first products uh, from our smart home offering. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're trying to be a smart home provider and control your lights and, uh, and, uh, and blinders and things like that. We're focusing on the energy consumers around them, so energy, smart home energy management. Sure. So the first two products is one is a cellular consumption meter, which basically can be installed even without PV, or in some cases, in the period of time between signing the customer and actually installing the PV system as a way of sizing, let's say, getting some data. sizing, getting data, getting more commitment from the, from the yep. customer. When you do that and later on you install the inverter, all the communication is already pre-wired and installed. You just connect the inverter to the meter and the meter now serves as a gateway. So it's not like, right. yeah. So that's one thing. And the second is a very smart and intelligent hot water heater controller. It sits on the AC connection between the hot, let's say that you have an electrical hot water heater. It sits on, on the AC connection between the, the grid and the water tank. Mm -hmm. And it is able to relay linear amount of power into the hot water heater. So it's not an on-off controller. Right. So again, maximization of self-consumption. You yeah. now have available PV energy of one kilowatt. The hot water heater we, uh, yes. controller will relate just one kilowatt into the water tank. Many benefits come here. First of all, even if you don't have a battery, this is kind of like a poor man's battery. 
because you are basically storing energy yeah. as hot yeah, water. Storage, yeah. Exactly. And second, it can top off if you have a big PV system and let's say one battery that can top off your your excess power generation into hot water. Sure. And it all ties into one monitoring app, the solar edge monitoring app. So you see your PV, you see your battery, your what, what your self-consumption rates and everything, but you also see your hot water heater. You can turn it on and off remotely. You can gauge the temperature of the water, so you know if you have hot water. And the user interface, you don't want to confuse a homeowner or a system owner with too much about how do I make sure that I max my self-consumption. The user interface is pretty pretty simple. You tell the system, when do you want hot water every day? So let's mm-hmm. say I want hot water by 6 p.m. We will make sure that you have hot water by 6 p.m. If need be, a few minutes or enough minutes before 6 p.m. will we'll take power from the grid and make sure that you have hot water. But throughout the day, we will route free solar energy into the hot water. Maybe that's enough, and by 6 p.m. you have hot water. Right, but that, that solar energy would have been wasted during the day. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if not, we're going to top it off with, uh, with uh, grid energy. Okay. So these are the first two products for solar energy for expanding into managing your smart energy regime around the home. So generation, storage, and also demand around the home to get to a point where you're really optimizing your energy. That's a pretty full product suite right there. And of course, uh, was it last he didn't, year? He didn't even mention the EV charger. Right, last yeah. year. The <laughs> right. And, yeah, so and again, and, and the EV charger ties into the same platform. So mm-hmm. we also have the ability to, to route linear amount of power into the, the car. And again, that ties into the same logic of let us manage your self-consumption and get you to the point where it's most economical for the homeowner. Again, EV charging, you the system learns or you tell the system when do you want the car charged, we will charge the car whenever whenever it is economical, either in the middle of the nights if the rates are low or in during the day or from or, or only from the battery. Right. You come home, you have a full battery, you plug in your car, we will charge the car but make sure it's all the power comes only from the battery, so you won't pay for it. Okay. You already have free stored energy. Right. By, by tomorrow morning, your car will be charged, but in the optimal manner. Again, it's all the same logic of let us maximize your self-consumption and minimize your... Uh, but it's tailored uh, to the customer's kind of lifestyle, exactly. which, is, which is a big exactly. deal. Exactly. And if you really need fast charging, so we'll take the maximum legally allowed from the grid, and add solar energy into mm. into the mix and charge your car really fast. Really if you, fast. If that you actually that was need... the number that freaked me out the first time I saw it. Exactly. <laughs> it's nine point uh, uh, something. <laughs> it's a lot. Exactly. So so <laughs> it's it, it is the fastest residential, to my knowledge at least, the fastest residential uh, AC charger on the market because you're limited in AC charging to 32 amps from the grid, but we right. can top it off with additional mm. uh, power from the PV side of the system. So right. you come home 6 p.m., you plug in your car, but you know that you need it really charge in two hours you press a button in in the app we will take 32 amps from the grid and then additional power from the from the battery free energy to fast charge as much as possible fast charge your car of course with the limitation of the power capability of the car the vehicle itself and yes. how much energy <laughs> we have in the battery Well, it's it's so remarkable to think of the point that this technology is at right now and how much um, visibility there is into, there's going to be in terms of how people live with this technology, right? Right. EVs are a relatively new uh, technology in terms of being really fully embraced in people's lives. Um, But to have PV, to have EV charging, to have batteries for backup, to have whole house backup, to have uh, the ability to maximize self-consumption, 
I mean, that's something that's really relevant for us in Hawaii right now, trying to figure out the financial modeling of right. that too. And, right? and it's all in the, in the, I would use the word trend, but it's more than a trend, it's a necessity of people and homes becoming, and buildings becoming prosumers rather than prosumers. consumers. Okay. So the grid is becoming more de decentralized rather than generating power centrally with ever more increasing fossil fuel, increasing in cost. Mm. Uh, 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 you want to generate on a distributed manner, but the grid, the, the, the grid management and the grid infrastructure is not built for a, a so much distributed generation. So you need to consume what you produce and we're all turning into prosumers, where we can basically participate in producing energy for the grid even. The next step would be connection between homes and one home feeding to the grid to feed another home that has more energy needs. That's the next step. But for now, we're focusing on what's readily available now in all, uh, in all markets is the notion of the home as an energy unit and let one device that actually has the control to control everything, generation, storage, loads. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm seeing that this, that, 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 that this trend, that this platform that, that, that we have for smart energy management is going to evolve into controlling your air conditioning and controlling other large loads like pool pump or... Uh, That's uh, the next step. Yeah, right. and, 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 and it's a smart home platform, so everything eventually ties or will be able to tie to a, you have Alexa or Google Home or things mm -hmm. like that. So Alexa will control your blinders and you can also ask it, what's the temperature of the water? And Alexa, make sure that my hot water are ready by 6 p.m. Right. Then we take care of the back of the uh, um, system, energy routing and optimization. I, I do want to revisit that. So we're, we're in this very data-driven kind right. of model right now. In the general session, the gentleman from New York was talking about data security. And I wanted to ask, how much of this data, as, as you start collecting data on customers, is stored in the device, in the cloud? How secure is it? What kind of steps have you taken to, so, to make sure so actually that's, this stuff doesn't get out? That's a great question, because if, if, even yesterday, I, as I was speaking in one of the panels here, I made the point that one of the next uh, missing standards in the solar industry is cybersecurity standards. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that every company has their own uh, efforts in, uh, in uh, cyber-proofing their systems. Mm -hmm. I know that we're investing a lot in cyber. So here you need to cyber-proof the end nodes. Okay? It's not like there's really a need uh, uh, um, to make your systems touch-proof. If someone already went into your home and touching the inverter, he can just cut the yeah, physical cut security. The cable. I come from an IT background. It's called yeah, physical so, yeah, security. So if physical someone's security, touching it, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, because if they want to break your inverter, they'll, they'll, they'll use a hammer. Hammer, right. Uh, 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 <laughs> but you, if there's a wireless network around the home where we control our devices, that network needs to be secure. Yeah. If there is, a, and most of all, the server, the cloud, a controller, the interaction between the app, authentication, the, the, the data stream between the inverter and the, and the, and the server and back needs to be a, a cyber protected. I know that we're investing a lot in that. Mm -hmm. All of our communications be between all devices and the server are encrypted and comes with authentication and we have an active, uh, even a bug bounty uh, program for, 
for white hackers to 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 actively test us. Nice. So there's nice. there's an ongoing global effort, white hackers that are trying to hack our system. If they find a weakness and let us know, we 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 pay them. Nice. Uh, because it's we. Like a bounty. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah a, it is a cyber bug bounty. It's basically a contract job. I've um, we've been aware of them for a long right. time. The white hats. Exactly. So <laughs> so basically we we. As, as long as they don't create damage, we won't prosecute them, uh, we will uh, take care of the problem and we will pay them for, wow. for that. Other than our own cybersecurity experts trying to, 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 to uh, proof the system, I would be, in, I think, foolish to say that I'm sure that we're cyberproof because nobody's sure that they're cyberproof. Yeah. That, that is something that is uh, foolish to say, but I think that we're investing a lot in that. What is missing is a standard right. or more standard, same like we have standards around security, um, around safety, we need standards around cybersecurity because what delayed the solar industry in places like Hawaii was the grid interaction. Mm -hmm. The way to solve grid interaction is, is solutions like batteries and smart home and what's coming up now is virtual power planting and the ability mm -hmm. to, to share right. energy between systems. Right. For that to evolve and become a reliable source, for us to be reliable, consumers in the eyes of the network operators. Many things need to happen. One of the key points is cyber security. We are advocating for a cyber standard. I know that some of the uh, um, uh, government agencies like Sandia and Enrel have started working on that. Mm -hmm. We are part of that effort. Um, I know that we're investing a lot. I'm sure that every company is doing their own effort, but it's very, people should, that's a question that I'm happy to, uh, to hear because people should ask more, how right. is my data cyber protected? In terms of data, that's separate from data privacy. So right. in terms of data privacy, let's say that I can protect your data in a good way, I still need, need to be a responsible company and not do bad things or trade with your data. So we have a data privacy policy and we are, we, we are not trading uh, private confidential data and we are not sharing it with anyone and we are committed to notifying in case we have a data breach or a data hack and we since since SolarEdge is a global company and some of the places around the world are more advanced in data privacy policies like Europe with the GDPR which mm -hmm. has a very strict data privacy policies yes. we comply with that okay so anything from disclosure regarding data leaks to uh, control over who is exposed to private uh, data and solar adjacent And even data. what you can store. <laughs> and even what you can store and even and, and anyone can ask us what private data do you have about me and we will share that and we have uh, solar as a data privacy officer which can be addressed in any and people can ask us to be deleted. I want to I want to be off your system and right. for, it's a, it's forgotten. Very, very relevant kind of conversation point right now yeah. because yeah. The, the level of granularity of access to information, yeah. Um, that's in terms of lifestyle, like I mean, you're gonna know when someone's gonna be using hot water, when they're gonna charge the car. <laughs> we know when you're awake. We know when you're asleep. We know if you've been bad or good. It's like everything could be. But, be, but yeah, that's yeah. true for your phone. Who actually knows everything about you, where mm -hmm. you are, where you are, and yeah. where you're going. And, it, and if you have a smart home platform in your home, and by the way, the car also knows where you are. Most most cars today. So this is the world we live in today. Most cars right. today. So the real question is, what are the privacy policies? of the companies that you have equipment for, and do you trust these companies? Mm. These are the two folds. So there are companies that even though they have a data privacy, I might be less uh, trusting because of past history or, sure. or, or, or 
or things like that. I hope that we'll a trusted brand in that uh, point. I'm telling you that, again, objectively, but really, we can be trusted. Um, we do not trade with people's information. We do not use that for even for our own advertising. So mm. theoretically, I could use all that data to try and sell our customers more or to try to advertise, and we don't do that. Uh, and we have uh, people can go online to our website and read our data privacy policy. I think it's, uh, it's so, pretty solid. So, Lear, shifting gears a little bit here, you've got a, a, a leading company in this space, right? And kind of a fast ramp from my perspective, from an installer's perspective. Uh, and, and we talked a little bit about that in the beginning of the conversation. What's the special sauce in the company, in the company culture, wow. that's enabled SolarEdge to take this kind of pole position in, in the industry? So, I think that it's, it's a mix, okay? So, first of all, starting from the things that I'm responsible for, we make it a point in SolarEdge to keep pushing the product envelope in terms of innovation, performance, and features. I think that one of the key things in order to stay competitive in this market is to always be able to, to innovate. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and that's important because we are making a point that we won't sell commodity products. Because once you go into the, my products are me too products, you get to a point where now it's all a price discussion. Mm -hmm. And yes, we are continuously making an effort to reduce prices. We're continuously, because that's the market, that's yeah. the, the solar market. But we continuously make an effort to deliver innovation and more value to our customers. So more value to the end customer and more value to our installer customers. Why? Because otherwise it's a commoditized market and commoditized markets are, are markets that are not necessarily good for a technology company. Right. And so that, in my view, and again, saying again, being objective as the product strategy guy for SolarEdge, the key thing. Mm. Under that, you need to build relationships and you need to provide support, which is an ongoing effort as you grow to ramp up. We just added 30 more support people on our call centers because we see that with, with the market share comes a lot of calls. People want to ask questions and uh, change their password and they have maybe an issue or God forbid an RMA. And so being in power with the level of support, which is an ongoing struggle because you need to recruit more, uh, more, more people and train them and make them trained. So if you'd ask me products, support, relationship building, these are the things that uh, enable us uh, uh, to, to grow. Uh, let me ask you one, uh, just a question that's from the perspective mm -hmm. of an installer. Uh, there's this ongoing debate about uh, the type of chemistry used in energy storage, right? Mm -hmm. right. So a lot of dialogue right now about uh, uh, lithium and cobalt. And NMC, supply yes. chain related issues uh, and toxicity and security and are there more and all technologies the different dialogue, really right? necessary in a home environment right. where you're not is pulling that, quite so much power? Yeah, and then as codes <laughs> kind of evolve and codes get more and more precise about the types of chemistry that are applied to, to homes, you know, and then there's the LFP conversation and cost uh, around that. Uh, do you have an opinion about, and of course you've got a partnership with LG, which we understand, and uh, we have installed, of course, LG from the MSP side of the fence, uh, uh, SolarEdge and LG systems. So do you have a sense of where this might be going? Is it a VHS beta, Betamax conversation? Is it, uh, there's, there's going to be a, a lot of different chemistries for different purposes, for different applications? I mean, what's your thoughts on storage? I think, first of all, lithium, it is not exactly the same. No analogy is, is exactly the same but you should think about it exactly as solar modules. 
So if you, those who remember 2006-2007, a plethora of solar module technologies out there, various types of thin film, mm -hmm. various, even various types of crystalline silicon, CPV and anything from Solindra to cadmium telluride to SIGs, and nobody could get modules because there wasn't enough silicon or supply chain or production. Sounds very familiar, doesn't we it? We <laughs> are, uh, in my view, in a, in, a, in, in a very similar situation. It is different. It is more complicated in technology mm -hmm. than silicon, solar modules, and also in supply chain, uh, more materials. It's more the, the, the process control is, needs to be tighter, and, and the industry is a little bit further back in even understanding because the module industry was relying on the semiconductor industry, which was very much mature back then. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's not exactly the same, but it's very much the same. So what we are seeing now is similar to what we saw in 2008, where nobody could get modules and module prices spiked because there wasn't enough silicon and weren't enough wafer factories and cell factories. It's the same here, more acute in some aspects because there's more materials and more exotic materials like cobalt and there is there are competing industries here so this, like the automotive industry is consuming a huge amount of lithium cells into it um, but in my view it's the same and even today you have different module technologies with one predominant polymono I believe and here here I'm not the expert I believe NMC is going to be the crystalline silicon of uh, lithium NMC I believe, which leaves us with some challenges because lithium ferrite is definitely has less potential for thermal runaway. So more standardization is needed around BMS management, safety of, of, of NMC. The reason I think NMC, again, I'm not a chemistry expert, the reason I think NMC is the winning technology because that is the technology that is winning in the automotive side on once side and mobile phones on the other side mm -hmm. and since they are driving huge amount of volume volume drives price and price drives everything right. and, and it will be hard for the solar industry to say we want to push on a different te te technology because of safety and then so you don't want a battery in your back uh, in your garage but then you drive in with your electric car, and in the coming 20 years, everybody's going to have an electric car, which car has a huge battery. NMC battery in it. Just and you're charging it. the size of your house battery. Yes, right. and you're charging in your garage, and you're charging it with your electricity in your garage, and you're driving it on the road. And God forbid, if you have a fender bender or worse, you are sitting on that battery. Mm -hmm. And there are many safety standards in the automotive industry making sure that nothing bad will happen when you are in a severe car crash, I'm sure we can solve it when it's on the side of your home. Sure. That's a, uh, so that's why I think NMC is going to win, because the automotive industry is driving so much volume, and mobile phones, it's all NMC. Yeah. That, and, and that's what happened with crystal and silicon. The right. volume, the sheer volume drove the prices down, and that became the dominant technology. Again, my two cents, not an expert, really personal opinion, which by maybe five years from now, I'm, I'm going to sit with you guys and you're going to stick it in my face. Hardly, but... But that's my belief. I think, again, standardization. I'm a real believer in, in, in transparency. 
There is not enough standardization even to battery performance. Mm -hmm. When you buy an inverter, how efficient is your inverter? Nobody can play around with the numbers. CC efficient, efficiency, third party tested, easy. Yep. When you buy a battery, you see different nameplate capacity, effective capacity, usable capacity, uh, number of cycles, real cycles, depth of define, discharge. Define of, a cycle. Depth of discharge. <laughs> Standardization yeah. is greatly needed in that also. Yeah. Yeah. Transparency. Transparency is key for for the solar industry to become a, a, a real loud. I believe that solar energy is going to deliver most of mankind's energy down the road. We see the trend: the increased prices of uh, fossil fuels, the dropping prices of solar. But for that for this to happen, it needs to behave like a grown-up industry, and it is going there. It's great. It's amazing to see what uh, how much the industry grown, but. Transparency, standardization, third-party validation. Excellent. You paint an interesting picture, and five years down the road, we'll take you up on that interview. Okay? Perfect. <laughs> and we'll have that conversation. Hopefully before yeah. that, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> definitely want that one five years in. So, Excellent. Uh, let's see. I think that from, uh, is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners across Hawaii, uh, kind of before we close out the interview? First of all, thank you for your business. Everyone in, in Hawaii that are uh, using SolarEdge or considering using SolarEdge, I, I, I think that for me, since starting SolarEdge, the first time we sold a megawatt, I was shocked and awed and, and humbled that people are trusting us with the first megawatt. And it's now true with our, we, we, we now ship around a gigawatt a quarter. And I'm still humbled by that and think that uh, it is uh, really happy and thankful that people are giving us their trust and their money and their, and their hard labor and their feedback. And I encourage everyone to continue giving us feedback as honest as possible because that's the only way we can improve. Wonderful. Okay. Great well, message. Really do appreciate the time. Thank, thank you, you so very much for yeah. riding the coaster with us. Thank you, Leo. <laughs> thank really you very much. And that was the most amazing interview with Mr. Lior Handelsman of Solar Edge, the founder of Solar Edge. Yeah, big thanks to Solar Edge for uh, giving us a scoop on this amazing technology. I mean, really, Solar Edge at one point was an inverter company. That's all and, they did. And now, uh, you know, they, we're talking backup interface, whole house backup. Or better algorithms for the demand charge market. We're talking backup power from PV only, uh, battery ready inverters available, smart home energy management offering. They have a linear controller for hot water, even the EV charger that they didn't even talk about, yeah, right? You totally were saying. Glossed, glossed over that. I had to remind him about it because that was the big news, the last big trade show, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just, last, that's last year's conversation. Very exciting. We know that Solar Edge does amazing things and they didn't disappoint here. And so, hallmark of a great show. We didn't have enough time to cover uh, everything we wanted to, but it was a uh, Really great. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonam Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. Hey folks, have a wonderful weekend. Take it easy. Aloha Friday.